Hello, friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 24th day of September. I'm your host, Paul White. It's a Saturday. Saturday is the day we tell you about the full-length sermon that drops on Sunday, and I am particularly excited about the sermon for tomorrow. This was from our August Grace Encounter with our friends in Chapin, South Carolina. Every month, on the fourth Friday night of the month, we meet with our friends in Chapin. We did that last night. And then on that subsequent Sunday, we meet with our group in Flowery Branch. We do that tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time, by the way. If you're in the area, look at paulwhiteministries.com slash schedule to get the address. The sermon we did last month for Chapin, I think you're going to love. This was one that I enjoyed the study time. I enjoyed the prep. I enjoyed the delivery. I enjoyed watching God work in our midst. Quite simply, it's titled, The Crooked Made Straight. Here's how we handle it. We take an Old Testament passage that says the crooked can't be made straight. We take a New Testament passage that prophesies that someone's coming that's going to make the crooked straight. That's an irony within itself. One piece of the literature says can't be done. Boom, here comes a piece of literature that says it will be done. And then we go to Luke 13 and watch Jesus literally take a woman whose back is crooked and make it straight. And in that message, we dig into particularly the the details of the miracle that Jesus performs on the woman and the fact that he does so on the Sabbath. The fact that her face is downward to the earth. And the fact that she's a daughter of Abraham. All of these beautiful and liberating images come to the surface and we put the spotlight on them in a message that I pray will help you to combat whatever crooked areas in your life there might be and realize that through Christ, the crooked is made straight. Look for it. The Crooked Made Straight, wherever you get your podcast, there'll be a full-length podcast in addition to tomorrow's podcast. And if you like video, we do have video version of this message available at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, or also on our YouTube page. And I encourage you to go to our YouTube page, search PWM, like and subscribe, and you'll get daily video nuggets plus two full-length video sermons every week, one on Wednesday, one on Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Well, I do feel the stirrings. I feel as if the Lord has been moving in me in so many powerful ways lately. And I do feel the stirrings for a new study coming up in October, and over the course of this next week, we're going to start to tell you about it, introduce it, and we also have the essay edition coming up at the end of September, so it's going to be a fun week, and then October is going to be a blast. Um, For today, I have another spot from Jeremiah I want to talk about, and I might have a couple more today and tomorrow, but if you have access to a Bible, I would encourage you to read the 32nd chapter of the book of Jeremiah. This is the moment where Jeremiah buys a field. Now, we've talked about that in the past. Jeremiah buying the field for 17 shekels of silver. Uh, For all intents and purposes, 
consider it a dollar. It wasn't a lot of money then. It wouldn't be a lot of money now. Um, it would be if 30 pieces of silver is the price of a wounded slave's value in the Old Testament, 17 pieces of silver is half that. It's an insulting figure. It's low. It doesn't cost much. Um, you're, you're obviously not getting much for 17, let's call it $17. So the fact that Jeremiah buys a field for 17 bucks, you could look at it through one lens and go, hmm, can't be that bad. Pretty good purchase. Anything for 17 bucks. Well, maybe we could say that even in their day, inflation, cost of the dollar, whatever, it would have been a little higher. That's not the point. The point is the context. Jeremiah is in prison and has been in prison because of the message that he is preaching. The Babylonians have invaded Jerusalem. They're going to do massive destruction. Most people are trying to get out. Jeremiah in prison hears the word of the Lord that says your relative is going to come to you and ask if you want to buy the field. Now, under normal circumstances, that might be a good thing, but If everyone's leaving and the values have tanked for a relative of yours to come and ask for you to buy their property while you're in prison is almost an insult. Like, look, land is worth nothing. No one has anything. We're all trying to get out because we're going to die. By the way, would you like to buy this worthless piece of property I have so I can have some money on the road? And the Lord speaks to Jeremiah and says, when he gets here, buy it. Buy the field, which is the right of redemption. Buy it. And and I'm specifically Jeremiah chapter 32. um, And the Lord tells him to do this. He says, your your relative's coming. uh, Buy my field in Anathoth. Look at verse 8 and then verse 9. I bought the field from Hamimel, the son of my uncle, who was in Anathoth. And I weighed out 17 shekels of silver, 17 bucks. His relative leaves, then Jeremiah spends a fourth of the 32nd chapter whining to God. (laughs) He goes, God, why did you tell me to buy this field? This is absolutely worthless. You said to me, this is verse 25, buy the field for money and take witnesses. Yet the city's been given into the hand of the Chaldeans. And then the last half of Jeremiah 32 is God coming to him and saying, look, I know what's going on. I see what's happening. I'm going to make something happen. And then the chapter ends this way. Verse 43 and 44. Fields will be bought in the land of which you say it's desolate without man or beast. It's been given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Men will buy fields for money, sign deeds and seal them and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, in the cities of the south. I will cause their captives to return, says the Lord. And so Jeremiah hears God say, look, I want you to buy this field as a sign of faith that even though no one is buying property, you're buying it believing God's going to raise the value. Here's what we sometimes miss. I think we try to look at stories like this and think God's giving Jeremiah investment advice. Like God's letting Jeremiah trick the market. Buy when it's low, Jeremiah, so you can sell when it's high. This is not an economic move. This is a faith move. 
We have no evidence that later in the book, Jeremiah turns around and sells this for a great profit. In fact, he buries the deed in a field. We don't know if he ever even goes to this property. It's one thing to buy low so that you can sell high. It's another thing to buy low and never sell. It's another thing to buy low, never sell, and never even take possession of what it was that you bought. This is an act of allegorical sermon and an act of faith to show the people God is going to do what you don't think he can do. I'm not even positive how this could relate to your life. I just think it's an incredible testimony. Not everything is about an investment. Some things are simply acts of faith. Trust him. See you tomorrow. God bless.